0: Hi everyone, it's Leslyn Keith here again with a Research Update Flash Briefing. I'm the Director of Research and President of the Board for the Lipedema Project. I'd like to keep you abreast of the latest research of relevance to lipedema with these flash briefings. Today I'd like to discuss an article that was published in Frontiers in Nutrition that is called Ketogenic Diets and Chronic Disease, Weighing the Benefits Against the Risks. And this has caused, unfortunately, needless alarm among those that are new to a ketogenic diet. I would like to take a little time to discuss this paper's claims and hopefully allay any fears about engaging in a carbohydrate-restricted diet. This will also appear in our blog that can be found at lipidema simplifiedorg slash blog where you'll see all of my citations in support of the comments that I'm making here today. So first, it's important to know the affiliations and biases of the authors. So all the authors in this paper are associated with an organization called Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. This is a known animal rights organization that promotes veganism. So clearly, the bias of the authors is to promote a plant-based diet by attempting to demonstrate that eating animal source foods are unhealthy. Although this article is being called a, quote, study in the mainstream press, it is in fact a review of the literature and the author's opinion. It would not be unreasonable for the authors to acknowledge their bias and then go ahead and perform a clinical trial. But I would like to clearly point out that no such study or trial has been carried out. So here are some of my criticisms of this paper. The authors seem to have a double standard with regards to evidence. If study outcomes support their claims of the superiority of a plant-based diet, a lower level of evidence, such as from epidemiological data, animal search, or a really short two-week clinical trial is completely sufficient. If their claims are refuted by the outcomes of a study, then the level of evidence is held to a much higher standard. A three-month study is not long-term enough. If it is a longer-term study, then the lack of control group or a lack of randomization into the intervention or control groups renders these results completely insignificant. So interestingly, studies such as one carried out by Virta Health and published in a peer-reviewed journal that met the highest level of evidence are just given a absolute cursory mention. So here's a specific example in the paper. A six-month study done by Westman and others in 2008 that showed beneficial effects of a ketogenic diet on diabetes was called quote short-term, while a two-week study done by Hall and others in 2021 showed more benefits of a plant-based diet over a ketogenic diet. And so this was supporting evidence for their claims. So two weeks was fine, whereas a six-month was too short-term. Epidemiological studies are studies that are merely observational. And these are studies where you ask people what they ate, what health issues that they have. So it's a self report survey. These are used to demonstrate that people who eat more animal source foods have more health issues, such as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So I need to let you know that association is not causation. So although this is the lowest form of evidence, the authors report that this substantiates their claims that a plant-based diet is superior. The authors then go on to state that there have been quote, few clinical trials, which is a much higher level of evidence than observational studies. And it says that none were randomized to demonstrate that a ketogenic diet can help with cancer. So this isn't enough and more research is needed. So a definite double standard. And then even though the authors accurately describe a ketogenic diet as less than 50 grams of carbohydrate a day, they still report data from research that use diets much higher in carbohydrates to support their claims. So here's an example. When discussing Studies that compared the effectiveness of diets for weight loss. The authors chose to report on a meta analysis in which almost half of the studies defined low carb as 40% of calories from carbohydrates and compared these diets to low fat plant based diets. Since this amount of carbohydrate is not even close to the limited amount on a ketogenic diet, there wasn't much advantage in this way of eating. And so they were saying that this was No better than a plant-based low-fat diet. So they chose not to compare accurately a ketogenic diet with their plant-based low-fat diet. The authors also make several claims that are not substantiated in known scientific knowledge or by research studies. So here's an example under the heading in their paper, Effects of Nutrient Metabolism. They make the following statement without Any supportive citation, quote, protein utilization is also altered on a ketogenic diet. The body shunts as much protein as possible to gluconeogenesis while the minimum necessary amount is used for tissue repair, end quote. So this statement seems to imply that without the intake of a high level of dietary sugars, the vast amount of protein that is consumed must be converted to glucose for those cells that are dependent on this as an energy source and interestingly, according to Ben Bickman and I give you a link to his talk that he gave at a low-carb conference, it may be that red blood cells are the only cells in the bodies that are that is limited to using glucose for energy so we really don't need a whole lot of glucose and so all our dietary protein is not sucked into being changed into glucose and also that statement implies that quote, Minimum necessary amount needed for tissue repair that we're only able to use a minimum amount for tissue repair for using that protein that it implies that that this diversion of resources is barely adequate for keeping the tissues healthy. And in actuality, there is a large body of evidence that muscle mass, wound healing, bone health, all these things are improved on a ketogenic diet. And again, And when you see this appear in the blog, you'll see all my citations for the research that shows this to be true. Also, under the heading Effects on Diet Quality, the authors state very low-carbohydrate diets may lack in vitamins, minerals, fiber, and phytochemicals found in fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. This is not supported in the literature. In fact, there is much more evidence that a diet that is completely plant-based and devoid of any animal derived foods is much more prone to vitamin and mineral deficiencies and an increased incidence of chronic disease as well as compromised immune function. Again, see the blog for my citations. The authors also state that ketogenic quote, ketogenic diets are typically low in fiber, needed not only for healthful intestinal function, but also for microbial production of beneficial colonic short chain fatty acids which enhance nutrient absorption, stimulate the release of satiety hormones, improve immune function, and have anti-inflammatory, anti-carcinogenic effects. End quote. The first part of the statement, where they say that ketogenic diets are typically low in fiber, is completely outrageous, given that the consistent recommendation for ketogenic diets is to keep carbohydrate intake low by eating only high-fiber vegetables, such as broccoli, cauliflower, leafy greens, things like that. The second part of the statement implies that a diet low in fiber will consequently result in poor intestinal health, have reduced nutrient absorption, be less satiating, decreased immune function, and be pro-inflammatory and carcinogenic. This could not be further from the truth. There are multiple studies showing that ketogenic diets promote improved bowel health, better nutrient absorption, increased satiation and lower markers of inflammation and again see my citations in our blog. The bias of the authors is clearly seen in their characterization of the effects of a, a ketogenic diet on various chronic conditions. So here's an example here, probably the longest term and most documented use of a ketogenic diet has been for epilepsy and type 1 diabetes. Before there was medication, To manage either of these conditions, the only option was to use diet. Even with the advent of insulin for diabetes and anti-seizure medications for epilepsy, better management is seen when pharmaceuticals are combined with a ketogenic diet. It is unfortunate that the influence of proponents of a plant-based diet caused the use of highly processed seed oils, vegetable seed oils to be the basis of the fat that was consumed on these early ketogenic diets. So although seizures were controlled and blood sugar was stabilized, the adverse effects directly attributable to these inflammatory vegetable oils, seed and vegetable oils, are reported in the literature. And this is being used to substantiate that a ketogenic diet is harmful. It wasn't the concept of carbohydrate restriction in eating because it wasn't also coupled with eating healthy fat. These kids that had intractable epilepsy were fed high fat diet that was made up of these horrible seed oils that were highly processed with chemicals and heat. The authors try to paint the ketogenic diet as being bad for heart health solely based on the effect of the diet on your LDL numbers. So the lipid hypothesis that says that saturated fat is bad for your heart has been thoroughly discredited. All recent research has found no link with saturated fat and heart disease. Additionally, LDL cholesterol is no longer considered a reliable marker of heart disease. In fact, older people with lower cholesterol don't live as long as those with higher cholesterol levels. A much better indication of heart disease risk is the ratio between HDL and triglycerides. So, this paper is important for women with lipedema because many women are considering or just starting to use a ketogenic diet to help with their lipedema. The unsubstantiated hyperbole in this paper may keep some women from experimenting with diet to see if it will help manage their symptoms. We are seeing incredible results with this way of eating a lipedema simplified. We believe that you should have good science and the guidance of your healthcare providers to help you decide how to manage your lipedema, not unfounded, inaccurate and incomplete data that is meant simply to scare people. Thank you for joining me today. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa or here at this website lipedema-simplified.org/flash where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Research Update Flash Briefing.